Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode. That is, ask me anything. I love to answer your questions. And if you have a question you think is going to be a broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to Victor at VictorJM.com. That's Victor at VictorJM.com. Today's question comes from Daniel in Israel, and he asks, what are your key performance indicators for underwriting a rental building, in this case, a $100 million plus building on Park Avenue, New York, given the current market conditions where we have a decrease in occupancy and an increase in concessions? There are also very few sales comps in the last decade. Thanks in advance. Well, Daniel, this is a great question. This is an area of New York City that I know well. My father had his dental practice on the corner of Park Avenue and 73rd Street, and my mother was an architect on the Pan Am Building, now called the MetLife Building, on Park Avenue and 43rd Street. Park Avenue luxury rentals are complex buildings to own. Most of the land underneath those buildings, especially north of Grand Central Station, is owned by the Pennsylvania Railway and leased to the buildings. If the property is south of 42nd Street, then it's possible the land is also owned by the building owner. Now, I've understood you're looking for a property that's on the Upper East Side, so that would be north of Grand Central Station. Almost certain that those buildings are sitting on top of leased lands. Those ground leases are expensive, which is part of what contributes to the high rent needed to merely break even on those assets. Eventually, those buildings could be turned into condo buildings or rebuilt into even higher density. You are correct that those buildings don't change hands very often. Most of the luxury apartment buildings that are rentals along Park Avenue have not experienced a large increase in vacancy. Many are older buildings dating back to the early 1900s. These buildings along Park Avenue are not a commodity. Those who are renting in those buildings are paying five to $7,000 a month in rent. They're paying that because they want to be in that location. Purchasing a comparable condo in that part of town would be much more expensive. At a purchase price of several million dollars, a rent of even $7,000 a month is relatively a bargain. So these tenants are not moving out in search of something cheaper. The turnover in these buildings is extremely low. Some of the buildings have been updated and converted into condominiums in the process, and those that have been converted to condo are pricing at around $6,000 per square foot. However, given the excess supply that's opened up in Manhattan in the past couple of years, it's going to take several years for this market to recover. I don't believe we're anywhere near the bottom of the market in New York. Even before the pandemic hit, there was a lot of new supply having entered the market. It was an estimated inventory of about 9,000 vacant brand new construction condos in the market. That represents about seven years of inventory at 2019 absorption rates. In the luxury segment, the most expensive properties are not selling well. The best example of this is a property at 432 Park Avenue. When it was designed, the target buyers for those who would want to occupy an entire floor to themselves. The condos were not selling well, so the developer subdivided the condos into smaller units, in some cases two units per floor or four units per floor. The building was completed six years ago and still hasn't sold out. So who might be buying a rental building in that location at such inflated prices? Buildings like this are considered to be trophy assets. The buyer of such a building is someone with a lot of cash to put to work, and they're looking for an asset where it's more important to tie up a large amount of cash to protect it for the long term rather than simply maximizing the rate of return. Some international wealthy families have their money in places like Brazil or Argentina where they face considerable ongoing currency risk. More important than earning a high rate of return 
is protection from 10 to 15 percent annual foreign exchange loss. These families sometimes like to park cash in a stable asset that's safe by virtue of being in a high-demand location in a global gateway city like New York. Some investors are paying incredibly low cap rates for these buildings. Buildings I've seen in the area are being valued at cap rates in the mid-threes, anywhere between 3.4 to 3.6%. That means the cash on cash return would be approximately 3.5% with zero leverage. At that price, the property won't generate enough free cash flow to service any debt at all. Much of the forecast growth and demand that New York has been projecting has failed to materialize. The Amazon Design Center and Second Headquarters was canceled. Young professionals have chosen to live outside of Manhattan, where the cost of living is lower. They're working remotely anyway, and they don't need to go into the office. These folks are not the ones who are going to live on Park Avenue. They'll choose a newer building on the west side, or maybe in Greenwich Village. It all comes down to being clearer on your investment criteria. This is not a product that we would buy into. We would not buy a building at a 3.5% cap rate. That's simply not for us. We prefer to build new construction somewhere between a 65 to 7% cap rate and then refinance the property at a lower cap rate that's consistent with the market valuations, maybe around 45 to 5%. Remember, the difference in price between 3.5% cap rate and 7% cap rate is a doubling of price. Now, we're comfortable building new construction. That's not for everyone. So it's possible, David, that you know of some family offices for whom that might be a good fit. If that type of investment aligns with their investment objectives, it could be a very good fit. Anyone buying an asset at that price in that location has to be willing to make their return over a much longer time horizon. You could easily experience a three to five year fall in values. But over a 20 to 30 year time frame, these are assets that should hold their value. I want to thank you, Daniel, for a great question. If it's something you want to discuss further, I have some great connections in New York City that might be able to give you some additional perspectives. So feel free to reach out to me directly by email. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.